Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Our gospel lesson for this morning comes from Luke, the 13th chapter. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, not on the Sabbath. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? Not not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day. When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things he was doing. Here ends our gospel lesson. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Saturday, the seventh day of the week, was established as the Sabbath day, a holy day of rest to be observed as a holy day unto the Lord by the Israelites. This is because, at least according to the first account of creation in Genesis, God created the world in six days and did not consider the work complete until after the Lord had rested on the seventh day. It was expected that the Israelites would rest, praise, worship, immerse themselves in the scriptures, and devote the day and themselves to the holy things of the Lord on the Lord's holy day. As Christians, most of us have moved to celebrate the Sabbath on Sunday, with the exception of the Seventh-day Adventists. Um, uh, and we celebrate on Sunday as the day of Christ's resurrection from the dead. Many of us consider that first Easter Sunday to be the eighth day of creation, since in Christ, and specifically Christ's resurrection, there is new creation. This is why we have um, an octagonal base and platform on our uh, (coughs) uh, baptismal font that we designed in the church here. 
They both have eight sides to represent that in Christ there is a new heaven and a new earth. Similarly, we observe Sunday as our day of Sabbath, not as the first day of the week, but the eighth day of creation, so to speak. Now, I know, I know, our church math does not always add up logically, but it has significant meaning and symbolism anyway. It is important that we still keep and observe this holy day as just that, holy. You all know me by now and are surely familiar with the fact that I think our weeks should be filled with all sorts of ministry activities. From 3F for our younger students to 406 Church for our high schoolers, from midweek quilting to our seasonal evening worship services. I, for one, have put a lot of energy and effort into making sure that church and ministry activities happen throughout the week. (coughs) However, there is still something extra special about our worship on Sunday and doing our best to observe Sunday as a holy Sabbath unto our Creator, who formed heaven and earth. And it is still a significant, as significant a day as ever. God is worthy of this day, and is worth our effort to keep this day devoted to the Lord. Our Gospel reading for this week does not actually say much about when we should schedule worship or other ministry activities. It is not a referendum on the schedule in the synagogue, who is welcome when, and what kind of clothes they should wear in their house of worship, or even what kind of instruments were allowed to accompany them in worship. Our Gospel reading is about what work is worthy of God's holy day and what kind of actions were acceptable. There was a woman who had been bent over for 18 years due to suffering from a spirit that crippled her and prohibited her her from even standing up straight. Upon seeing her, Jesus called and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. After he had laid his hands on her, She immediately stood up and left, praising God. It was a holy moment of healing and restoration. Though she had been brought low and bent down by a different spirit, the one on whom the spirit rested in his baptism freed her from her burdens. She was free. She was restored on God's holy day. Now, I must take a moment to admire the woman's courage, strength, and dignity in the midst of all this. Though the text says she was crippled by a spirit, and Jesus is quoted as saying she was set free from her ailment, she never pleaded. She never pleaded or complained about anything throughout it all. This is significant since many, many of the other healing stories we encounter through our Gospels, and those we hear Jesus healing people only because he first heard the afflicted pleading their case. Though this woman seems to have been born standing straight and only later crippled with the inability to stand upright, she never complained about, about it, 
even when the Savior of the world was standing before her. Her healing case is somewhat unique. She seems to have been healed in spite of the fact that she never asked to be. She seems to have clearly been grateful in the end, but it is worth pondering whether Jesus healed her as much because of the strength he already saw in her as for the back she saw could no longer correct itself. This healing was clearly holy, but the rules of their religion as had arisen clearly had gotten in the way of people recognizing the moment for what it was. A holy moment. Upon her healing, instead of leaving the people and praising God for all that they had seen, the leader in the synagogue turned to the crowd and started campaigning against the miraculous healing that they had all just seen. He said, apparently repeating this quote as though he were to incite the crowd in protest against Jesus. There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath. He was more offended by the holy healing than the offense to their human interpretations of what it meant to observe the day and keep it devoted to God. Thankfully, Jesus rebuked this Yahoo and all those who agreed with him, pointing out that the interpretations of this commandment allowed for them to relieve their animals of their burden of thirst while they were arguing that he could not restore this woman's spine. He rightly pointed out that they were advocating that Jesus treat her with more neglect than a donkey. The crowd rejoiced that Jesus trited these pietistic observers of human interpretations who were definitely put to shame in the end. May we praise the Lord for that. This story is a call from Jesus himself to keep the holy things holy. It is good to observe a day for the Lord. The Sabbath was always intended to be respected and cherished. And Jesus showed that in the story by the fact that he was already in the synagogue and was already preaching on that day. He knew that the Lord's house is where God wanted him to be on that Sabbath day. However, he did not let human foibles get in the way of really doing the Lord's work. The reigning interpretation of the day, at least apparently, was that he should have only done the work of being our great physician six days out of the week and not the seventh. This interpretation had holy logic and reason to it. Yet, it led to unhealthy and unholy results. Why should holy things like healing be precluded from God's holy day? Why should he advocate that she be burdened for even a single day longer? Why should he advocate... Why... Excuse me. Jesus bucked their expectations and made sure that holy things were done on the Lord's holy day.
Now, what does this mean for us today? Well, I'm not going to answer that for you directly, but instead invite you to ponder with me. Are there times when the traditions of the church and Christianity have excluded you? Was there a moment when you felt a priest or a pastor was like the rabbi, trying to incite the crowd against Jesus for doing a good thing? Have you ever experienced a church or religious folks trying to keep you from a restored, healthy relationship with God and the world? Have you ever experienced the church or religious leaders trying to keep you from something holy or good because it did not match established expectations and interpretations? You don't need to tell me, but you can be honest with yourself and especially with God about that. If you have ever had experiences like these under my leadership as a part of this church, or from any other pastor, church, or religious community. I hope that you can hear from our gospel passage this week that these things are not from God. God in Jesus Christ is worried about keeping the holy things holy, even if it comes at the expense of expectations of others in the world and in the church. God's desire is for our restoration, no matter how it squares with the church. May we do our best this week and every week to remember that God desires for the holy things to remain holy, no matter what the church expects of this. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you'd like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.